0: Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hopefully, uh, I turned myself on and not off. I have this great tendency to do that. Um, so, I told you we were going to go back into Ephesians and uh, we were going to finish this out. And so, um, what I have realized over this process of going in and saying, hey, we're going to go through a few books of the Bible and we're going to kind of go in this direction, I realized that it has challenged me to rethink how I preach and how I study for uh, the Word. Because I, I I've been, so for 11 years, I've been very topical, right? You know, and so it's very, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at different topics, I use different tools, and so then when it goes back and goes, let's just, let's just go through and, and study this, uh, it makes it very difficult to actually preach it, to be honest with you. It makes it very difficult to preach it, and but, um, you know, especially when you get to, a ch- so we're in chapter three, so if you want, we're going we're gonna to spend all of our time exclusively in chapter three of Ephesians, so you can open up to that. Uh, if you use one of the green Bibles here, it's going to be very close, but it's not going to be exact because that's a reader edition, but we're looking for the NIV, that's where I'm going to be doing all of my teaching out of today. Um, And so, especially as you go into chapter 3, chapter 3, there's not a whole lot of significant things that you would think of that are happening in chapter 3. On a regular basis, as you open this up, um, you wouldn't look at this and go, there's a whole lot of people that are preaching out of chapter 3. And and the reason for that is, is because what happens here is actually covered in chapters 1 and 2 already once. You know, it, it, it is... And that's what kind of brings up the point is going, why does Paul bring this, why does Paul want to reiterate these things to us? Anytime something is repeated in the Bible, it's probably important. It's probably important. Anytime that something is repeated in the Bible, especially within three chapters of one another, it's probably important. So let's go back to the beginning of this. As we started started this series, when we originally talked about this, I told you that Ephesians was is the first three chapters of Ephesians is our relationship with god right it's god in us right and then the last three chapters so chapters four five and six is our relationship with how to live as a christian it's really what you know as you start to read it it's going to start talking in four five and six it's going to talk about how we need to start developing these spiritual habits the things that we need to do how are we supposed to treat our spouse how are we supposed to love how are we supposed to do these things and so we're gonna. So we're. But we're investing this the, today in uh, three. So we're gonna. So what I want you to know right at the beginning of this, as you start to dive in, the first. And we're gonna spend most of our time in one through thirteen today. Okay. So just kind of know that. And we're probably gonna go a little faster than we usually do. We might get out of here before eleven. That's how fast this may go. <laughs> just uh, give you a heads up. There's. <laughs> We might get everything done for final worship song everything you're at home. You're like, man I've never been home to catch, you know Whatever's on TV at this time You know, uh, I got here before everybody else for lunch. I don't know what happened, you know, it's uh, but that's just kind of so uh, So this section here if you start to read from 1 to 13 You're gonna see that this is Paul's his prayer for power and love. It really is so when you see this it's his prayer for power and love and And one of the things that I want you to see almost instantly in line one right here, because he comes out and he says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Let's stop there for a second. Because he calls himself a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He doesn't say that he's a prisoner of Nero, who happens to be the the the, the Caesar that's at this time. He goes, I'm a prisoner for Christ Jesus. It, it's, not, it's not one of these things that he's going, hey, I'm here because I was wandering in the wrong neighborhood. It's not, I'm not here because of this. I'm here because God wants me here. I'm here because this is where Jesus needs me at. You know, you've got to understand something. Paul had tons and tons of aspirations to go preach in Rome. That's what he wanted to do. As you start to read, as you look at all these things, as he's going, he wants to go to Rome. He wants to go, and he wants to go preach in Rome. He did not want to go do it in a jail cell. He didn't. He didn't want to go do it that way. He wanted to go, and he wanted to go be and be able to, to, to preach. And so here he is, he comes in. And he and he's captured he's put into he's put into prison and he goes he's not blaming Nero who put out The order for him to be imprisoned He's blaming. He doesn't even blame anybody. He says i'm a prisoner for christ jesus It's a fundamental shift in thought You know for us Look at your circumstances sometimes See sometimes we don't look at our circumstances and see that god has placed us there for a reason Right you know we we look at this, and so some of us, perfect example, I hear it often is that we complain about our jobs. Anybody ever complain about your job? This place sucks, right? you know this thing sucks, my boss sucks, I hate this place, I hate that i you know uh, this, this, and this i mean i I'm hoping that James didn't raise his hand now for like because but but you have, very possible but but what happens is is that. Is that we have these tendencies where we go I don't want to be where I'm at at this current moment You know, I don't want to be here And sometimes we have to understand that we've been placed there specifically to reach somebody for jesus We've been placed there specifically for us to be able to With paul paul was in a jail cell Do you think that he was in prison or do you think the roman centurion that was strapped to him was in prison? Because that dude had no choice to listen to paul talk about jesus all day long all day you you know I mean I I, I, (laughs) here's the thing I want you to be I want let's be very very clear number one I've been with my wife for 15 years good 16 years 17 years I don't know somewhere around there we just had our 15 year anniversary so we were together before then but but here's the thing here's here's the thing about this uh I know, I'm just like, I'm just going to shoot myself in the foot right here. That's perfect. You know, I, I was saying 15 years because we just had our anniversary, but, you know, we've been together obviously a little longer than that. We have a child that's older than that and all these things. So anyway, the reason why I bring this up is because I just want to be clear that if I was hanging out with somebody, right, let's just say me and my buddy Chaz were hanging out today. All day long, and him and I were were tied together at the hip. We couldn't go anywhere except for other than talk about something. I don't know that I'm going to spend every single day talking about Melissa for eight hours, nine hours, ten hours a day, the whole time. Hey, can I tell you about Melissa? Melissa is amazing. She's wonderful. She does. She's. She's been my. You know. (laughs) I don't. You know. So here's the thing: is that if you read the encounter that paul had with jesus jesus meets him on the road to damascus he 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 takes away his sight and then but prior to that he's out killing christians right and then he gets to damascus the 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 scabs are removed from his eyes but it wasn't that long it wasn't that long jesus's public ministry was a total of three years so if you think about this that time that they had together was so impactful that Paul is going you have to hear about jesus you have to hear about him i am here to share the gospel of jesus now mind you see if i don't talk about my wife it doesn't get me killed right it makes it to where other things don't happen but it doesn't get me killed talking about her doesn't get me killed either talking about Jesus 2,000 years ago, would. So here he is, 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, strapped to a Roman guard, talking to him all that time about Jesus, and then writing letters, which is what this letter is to Ephesus. We're seeing this letter that he wrote to Ephesus, and this is what the guard has to listen to all day long. All day, every day. I mean, at what point do you go, okay, I'm in, right? please stop talking. <laughs> you know, please, I'll, I'll do whatever you ask. You want me to go bring other people in here and have you preach to them? Whatever you need, but please. But but see, that's how the mindset has to be. Now, I also should be very, very clear to you is that the prison that Paul was in, you should understand, was not what you would think of. Like you, I think most of us, we think of like the Disney dungeon, you know, like this, the prison like that. Like, hey, it's underneath. The, the castle and he's, he's chained to the wall and and all now those type of those type of Prisons did exist back then you know, I know mean, some of them exist now and some of the prisons that we have today But that's not where Paul was Paul was actually at home He was on house arrest So it should be clear that he was not like that And that's the reason why he had to have a guard chained to him because they were like that dude will bounce He's proven. He's left everywhere. He'll be out on his way. Like, And Paul had proven that. And so that's the reason why they put somebody on him. Now, here's the thing. is that Let's just jump into this. It says, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Now, here's the thing. Paul is probably writing this letter to a bunch of people who have no idea who Paul is, right? They've never met him. They didn't come in contact with him. They didn't, they didn't have an interaction with him. When Paul was in Ephesus, he probably interacted with 50 people. By the time that this letter gets there, the church in Ephesus is well over 500. So as they're talking, as they're having a conversation, as he's writing this letter, he's all, surely you've heard about me, right? You know, sometimes we have people that do that now. You, 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 you meet somebody, in the other, of course you know who I am, right? If Tom Hanks walked in the door, this is like your, top, you know, like your star back then. Tom Hanks walked in the door. Surely you've heard of me, right? I was Sully Sullenberger. I played big. I did this. I did that. Like, Surely you've seen something that I was in. Wilson! You know, something along those lines. <laughs> right? You would go, oh, yes, I do know who you are. I know who, and so this is the same thing. Paul goes, surely you've heard about me. People have been talking, because I've been, I've been everywhere, right? Hey, I've gone from this city to this city to this city, and I have a message for you, you Gentiles, It's very, very specific that he goes, this is not just for Jews. And so, where most of the time, we have this mindset of going, this is very insignificant, you should understand something, when this was being read, this was actually probably one of the most controversial statements inside of Ephesians. So, think about this, the educated people then were Jews. The people who could read back then were Jews. And so to hear this, that this is for Gentiles, this would be like, oh, what? what? What are you saying? What are you trying to convey here? Because this is probably a more controversial statement than anything else. This is why, as you read this, he's going, he's going, hey, you Jews, and not in a bad ta- and not in a bad statement. He's all, this is the reason why I'm here and I'm in Rome and I'm trying to reach these Romans, is because. God has put me on a mission to go reach the Gentiles. That's what he said. The reason why all of us in this room here are in this room now is because of the mission of Paul. Now we can go, well, what about all the other 12 disciples? The, you know, even the one that betrayed Jesus. And you're going to go back to this. All of them believed that this was a message for Jews. Paul goes, this is a message for Gentiles. That's what happens here. Pete, you know, Peter was very adamant about this Is going... You had to be circumcised. Circumcision was a, was a sign that you were Jewish. That's what that was. So it wasn't a Gentile sign. It was a circumcision was a, was a sign that, hey, you are committed to the Jewish faith and the God of Abraham. That's what it was. And so that is a mystery made known to me by revelation as, uh, as I have already written briefly. So he's talking about this. So he's already repeating himself. He's going, I've already wrote about this. In chapter 1 and chapter 2 now mind you the chapters weren't put into this. This was one letter So the chapters weren't added until about 1100, right? And that's just to make it to where we had addresses, right? And so then then the verse numbers didn't happen until about 1600. So just know that so surely you have been So we get back to this in reading this then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to people in their generations as it has been revealed to as it has been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets, this mystery is that though the gospel that that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, sharers together of the promise in Christ Jesus. See again. We get back to this where this is one of these. This is the most controversial thing. And even though we don't, you don't hear about this often, when people are writing about this, in, as you, like if you go through, and because I, I did this this week, right? I googled sermons on chapter 3 of Ephesians, right? Because I, I was, I was kind of dumbfounded. I was like, what am I going to talk about here? They don't exist. Like, like the only ones that exist are people that are preaching through the whole Bible. Like the, these guys were like, this week we're going to be, we're preaching through, Ephesians 3 we're going to cover that in about two statements and then we're right on to Ephesians 4 You know, it's like they they gloss over this and this is a highly controversial statement Especially when you're writing a letter to jews going This is for gentiles and they're going to get all of what's been promised to you as well. Now Mind you back then in this time who got everything? the firstborn The firstborn gets everything you know, in our day and age now, we don't give everything to the firstborn, right? You know, we would feel like terrible parents if you were, if you were like, hey, when I die, it all goes, by the way, it all goes to your oldest brother. We don't even count you, like for me, <laughs> oh, it would be terrible in my household, right? I got two girls and a boy. Could you imagine that? And the boy is the youngest. He was the last one, and he would be, he would be the one that would come in and go, oh no, dad's gone. And even if mom was still around, he would be like, uh uh, I'm in charge. (laughs) Could you imagine my little, if something happened to me right now, 11 year old walking in, uh uh, do what I say, woman. Wait a minute here. (laughs) I don't do that at home anyway, but that's, I could imagine my son doing that. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's like, you know, I'm in charge. I get to control where the money goes, I make the decisions of this house. Wait, Wait a minute here, buddy. You know, that's how it was back then. Now what do we do? We're like, you know what we're going to do? It'll go to my spouse, and then when she dies, she can figure it out. Or, or we go, let's just divide it up equally among them. Right? Isn't that what we do? We go, let's just take it. And you know what? I have three kids, so we're going to give them all 33 and one-third, .33333, and we're going to give that last point ten to the government. There you go. You can have that. That's what we do. Not back then. Not back then. You're going, Hey. So you've already made the controversial statement that, hey, guess what? Them Gentiles over there, the ones that you hate, the ones that you don't want anything to do with, those ones that are Samaritans, those ones that are Romans, those ones that are hanging up on crosses, those ones that are doing all that stuff, guess what? They're entitled to the same inheritance you are. That's controversial. Then all of a sudden they're saying, and they're going to get an equal share. Wait a minute here. I let them in the house. That doesn't mean I'm letting them eat off the table. You know isn't that what happened so here's <laughs> anybody ever been to a large family gathering like a really large family gathering the outsider where do they put the outsider at at the, at the kids table right that's what they do they're like hey everybody come to the table except for you you over there kids table it is for you we don't have any other room at this table for you Wait, this this table's full and let see that's how it was back then especially back then some of the traditions we have now are because of back then You know, and that's just what happens, you know And so As you hear this just realize that this is a hugely controversial thing as you go into it And So now it opens up kind of how we look at things So one he comes out and says i'm in prison to do what jesus asked me to do I'm a prisoner for christ jesus I'm giving you this message that you don't want to hear. That the, that the people around you, all of them, need to be loved. And then here is what he comes out and says in seven, which ties verse one to this, and because in verse seven he says, "I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of His power." So he goes, "I'm not only just a I'm not, I'm not only just a a prisoner, but I am a servant for Christ as well." See. It's a combination of these things and see for a lot of us We have to understand is that when god places us in certain situations We might be a prisoner there, but we're also still supposed to be a servant at all times No matter what the circumstances are no matter why we've been put into this situation no matter what's going on No matter what's happened. We're supposed to be in this situation where we're there. We're going god I hate that you put me in this position. I hate that you put me in this job I hate that you put me in this place. I hate that you had me do this but god I will still serve. I will still do what you've asked me to do. I will still preach the gospel. Why? Because you've already shown me so much mercy. Mind you, Paul, who was known as Saul, which, by the way, is the same name. We get this big thing. His name was changed to Paul. No, Paul and Saul, Hebrew, Roman, same thing. And so he comes through, and he goes, I've been out killing Christians. I've been ordering the death of Christians, and you've had this mercy on me. I should... Biblically, biblically, it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You order somebody's death, you're supposed to be put to death. You, you, that didn't happen in this situation. He was given mercy. He was given grace. He was given this opportunity to go do the work. How many of us have been given mercy and grace? How many of us, our sins have been forgiven? The things that we have done in our past, some of us have some terrible, terrible things in our past. Terrible things. Some of us have done things that you would wish that you could never ever have repeated ever Some of us have things that we go. I wish I could just sleep that away and forget that it ever happened Some of us we've had hurts that have happened to us We've had things that have happened to where we look back and we go. I just want to get rid of that But that that mercy That grace that's given to us by jesus makes it to where it compels us to be servants it compels us to do the work. It doesn't, it's not just one of these requests. No place in here, as I've read through the scripture, does God go, hey, Jesus, go down there and request they do some work. Request that they are my servant. Request us. It actually compels us. He demands us. He's because, because of this, you have to do this. Because of this, you have to move in this direction. Because of this, you have to do this. Because look at even what Paul says. In verse 8, he says, although i am less than the least of all lord's people this grace was given to me to preach to the gentiles the boundless riches of christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages which for ages past was kept hidden in god who created all things his intent was now was, was was that now through the church the manifold of wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities and heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him we may be we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you therefore, do not be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Now, so this tells you that Paul is not a happy camper where he's at, right? As you read this, Paul's not a happy camper. Paul's not going, hey, this prison is pretty lavish. They got a pool, they got a hot tub, they got a workout, they got all this stuff. This, this, is, this is a dope prison, I like it here. He's, he's suffering still, right? He's still going, this place is terrible, and the food isn't good, the people here aren't nice, they still treat me like I'm, I'm nothing, they treat me like I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible person, and he's all, but do not be discouraged by that don't be discouraged. Don't be, don't be looking at this because of my sufferings for you. He's literally going. And so just think about this. He's saying, I'm suffering because I was preaching the gospel for you. I, I'm suffering. I'm going to this. I'm going through these challenges because I was preaching the gospel for you. He's not talking about for Jesus. He's talking about he had to do what he had to do in order for you to hear the life giving message of Jesus that he was willing to go to prison, that he was willing to go and have his, be- you know, to be beheaded, to have all these things happen. He was willing to go through all that suffering so that you could hear the message of Jesus. I, I, that is deep. I, I mean, it, I think too often we just kind of gloss over that he was in prison and we just stop forgetting. That he did that. He could have said at any point, by the way, he could have been like, ah, I was making it all up. And they would have let him go. At any point. At any point through any of this, he could have been like, you know what, I was just kidding. You know, I still believe that the Romans and and us as the Jews, we're going to rule everything, and we should just start going and killing Christians all day long again. And they would have let him go. And so he still steps out and he goes, I'm doing this because this is what I was asked to do, I was called to go reach the Gentiles. I was called to go reach people that are far from God. I was called to go and do this, and I knew that they would put me in prison for it, and I knew that they would try to kill me for it. That shows the type of love that Jesus actually expects from each one of us. And we gloss over this. As we read chapter 3, we just kind of blow right past this because we just don't see that, we don't look in how deep that it goes because that's the type of love that jesus expects us to give one that comes with suffering one that comes with pain one that comes with us maybe losing our freedoms one that comes with us maybe losing our lives because we loved because we sacrificed because we gave because we did what he asked us to do and so when you read this as you look at this you have to say paul gives us an amazing example as well as what jesus left us what jesus leaves to us jesus goes Look, this is how we're going to live. This is how we're going to move things forward. This is how you're supposed to do things. It gives you this real life example. Paul does the exact same thing. Paul gives you this example of going, look, I'm going to go to prison so that you can hear this. I'm going to go, I'm going to be put to death so you can hear this. So that this message is brought to you, that, it, you, that it, you show that I'm, it's not just a game. It's one of these things that I want you to take serious and be able to go out and move forward with. And then Paul shifts gears. So at the beginning of this, we see that Paul had a prayer for people, right? He opens up this in chapter 1, and he has this prayer for people. But he also comes back, and, and so Paul has another prayer for people in it. And so from verse 14 to 21, he, and, so, and, and just you'll see this as you, as you kind of look around, even on those signs that we have in here. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. I want to stop there for one second, though, and I, wanna, I want you to know something. This first line from verse 14 so I stop and I kneel before the Father. This posture of prayer that we practice today, right? We're, we we see this often. That, well, we don't practice it, you know, on a regular basis. We don't kneel before our Father often. This, at this time when this was written, this is not the posture of prayer that you would have if you were a Jew. You would knock it down on your knees. This is not the place you get, right? So if you were if you were calling out in prayer, if you were doing any of this, you would do this. At this point, you would have your head postured and you would be in this position. You'd be standing, talking to the skies. Not, not kneeling, not any of that. So kneeling was saved for kings. Prayer was this. They, they didn't associate the two of them. So when he says, for this reason I kneel before the Father, this is him saying that I treat the Father as king. This is him saying that this is, a, this is a different reverence. This is not just this position of me praying this way, but me praying in a position of going, I will submit and, and do what you've asked me. This reverence, this position of respect is where he'll be at. From who, for, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power in his spirit and in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love or this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And, and so, now I want to tell you, as you read this, right, as in case you guys didn't know, the book of Ephesians has some controversy associated with it. And the controversy is, they don't know that Paul wrote it. They, it, it is attributed to Paul, because it says, I, Paul, it, me, Paul, in jail. It's me, this guy Paul, that I'm trying to tell you, it's Paul. But we, it says that over and over and over again, but people believe that a scribe may have written this, because Paul never, ever, in any other place in his writings, does he repeat himself like he does in Ephesians. He doesn't repeat himself, like this. Where as we see in 1 and 2, he repeats himself again in chapter 3. Because this prayer, while it's worded differently, it's almost exactly the same thing, where he goes, well, I want you to know who Jesus is. I want you to know God. I want you to be able to go out and find freedom. I want you to have power, which, which is, what, what is power today? Power today is knowledge. And so I want you to be able to know what God has in store for you, and then I want you to go out and make a difference that's more, that's immeasurably more than what anything that anybody believes that you can do. If you look around here, it's the same prayer from the beginning of that. It's the same prayer from inside of Exodus. It's the same thing. It's know God, find freedom, make a difference. Or go, Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And as you hear that, this is what God really wants for us to do. This is the direction that he wants us to go. He wants us to know him. But know him so intimately, know him so well that you are willing to, that you know the love, that you are willing to sacrifice, that you are willing to go to prison for it, that you are willing to go and do the work. Now, that doesn't mean that you go out and commit crimes to go to prison. So let's be clear here. That doesn't mean that you go, hey, let's go rob the liquor store so I can get to to prison, so I can go preach God inside of prison, so I can go preach about Jesus. No, 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 no. This is going to prison for something that you were, you know, that you weren't that you are accused of something that's not true this is this is going to prison for your faith this is going to prison if you go to china to preach the gospel this is going to prison if you go to iran to preach the gospel this is going this is going one of these things that you go to prison because you are doing the work that jesus asked you to do and then being called away for it it's the willingness to go sacrifice to be the missionary to be the one that goes and loves and those that are hurting those that are far and that Jesus doesn't get to because it's been restrained by the government That's what this is Now does it apply here? Sure it applies because there's plenty of people that have gone to prison for something that they've they've been accused of that they are that they are found not guilty of later And that entire time that they're there they're able to reach somebody for Jesus. Even if it's just one person We call it a success in a church if we reach one person for Christ a year. That's a success That's not a success but it is a success, you know And so when you look at it and you go if I went and reached one person if I reached two people and that one person went out and reached Another person and that one person went out and reached another person and or that one person went out and reached 10,000 Or that one person went out and reached 20,000 or that one person became a YouTube star and all of a sudden started reaching 50 60 70,000 a million followers So you have no idea? What that one relationship may have meant to somebody that they went out and they did something That was so much more significant than you ever thought that would happen That's what it means when you go in and you're doing the work of jesus Even though you don't understand why you're doing the work or understand why it's happening that you don't you know What i'm going through this suffering because this is where christ placed me This is where he has me i'm going through this because you've asked me to do this work You've asked me to go in this direction. You've asked me to do these things I'm here at this job that I hate Because I'm here to reach somebody for Jesus. I'm here in this, guys, you have to think about something, is that we run a coffee shop, right? And it's the coffee shop that we run. Why do we do it? We're here to reach somebody for Jesus. That's what we're there for. Yeah, are we going to sell some coffee? Sure, right? Coffee is the modern day well, right? Why do you think 2,000 years ago that, or even let's just go back, we can just go back to the modern history of America If you look at 1755, right, we'll just pull that year out. Where do you think that they got water from? Because we didn't have indoor plumbing. A well, right? They'd go to the well, they'd go to a river. Who do you think was there? You would have preachers there standing on soapboxes. Why do you think that you would have preachers standing on soapboxes there? Because everybody showed up to get some water every once in a while. Everybody showed up to get some water. All of you drink some water every once in a while. All of you. Every once in a while, you may not call it water. You may call it some other sort of beverage, right? You go, hey, I drink soda, or I drink an energy drink, or maybe you have nothing but pure energy pumping through your your veins from some of you guys that I've I, you never, I've never seen you without an energy drink, right? You know, I was that person. Maybe you have pure coffee pumping through your veins, and, but all of us drink something. Well, in our current day and age, guess what everybody drinks? coffee, tea, and and a glass of wine now and then, huh? <laughs> or some beer, or some, you know, uh, but that's just what it is, right? People are, so what do we have? We have modern day wells, you know, so our modern day wells are Starbucks. Look at Starbucks. When you go into a Starbucks, what are they set up for? They're set up for people usually, now Starbucks kind of changed their business model, but they're usually set up for places to, for people to come in and meet. They used to be They used to be, you'd show up, and they'd have music playing in the background, some guy, you know, some guy with long hair, all up in a bun, playing, strumming a guitar in the back, talking about he was going to be a millionaire by 30, and uh, he didn't even have a job, you know, you just kind of, one of those things that you start to see, and you start looking at it, and you go, okay, that's what it was, right? But it was a gathering place, and so that's the reason why we have a coffee shop, as a gathering place, for people to be able to come together, because that's what happened back then. It's the same thing with... At this point, just think about this, is that we're called to go to those gathering places. We're called to go to where people are. Where are people at? I just want to be clear. How often do you have a whole bunch of people show up to your living room while you're watching Netflix? If you do, why don't I ever get an invite? I don't understand. (laughs) Like, I I mean, you know, I I, I might show up and eat some popcorn. I don't know. I mean, you know, but but maybe that's the reason why you don't invite me, because you don't have popcorn. I have no idea. (laughs) But but here's the thing is that you have to think about this as going, where is the gathering? So each one of us is involved in something, right? Some of you you collect stamps, okay? Well, where is the stamp gathering at that you can go and you can go be the light? Some of you collect coins, some of you collect I, I, whatever it is. Some of you are doing things that all have gatherings. Some of you you do the cosplay thing, right? You show up, you dress up like you know like a fairy or you dress and I mean a fairy like a like an actual <laughs> Tinkerbell. Really and. and and, and some of you do these things, but do you go to those type of events and be the light? Or do you try to go blend in like everybody else? See, that's the thing is that you have to be willing to know God enough to go out and go, I'm going to go to my gathering places and I'll be willing to suffer because God has loved me so much. He's shown me the mercy, he's shown me all of this, that I'll be willing to go to this place and suffer the, the humiliation that you may throw at me for my, my beliefs, my fault, but I will be bold and do what you ask me to do. You, you see, that's the problem. Too often we walk out of church and we're not willing to go out and do the work that he's actually asked us to do. Too willing we walk out of church and we go, oh, I, got my, I got my few miles in, Woo, going to heaven, it's all going to be good, it's good. We get in our cars, we, go, we, we, we follow off on our, on our Nikes, we get, through, we get out the, into the mission field and we stop acting like we're in the mission. We stop acting like we're doing this job. We, we just go, oh, I, I did what I was supposed to do. I showed up to church. I showed up. I worshiped. I sang along with some songs. I, I might even put some money in the plate. That does not make you a Christian. You know what that does? That makes you an attender. That makes you a person that shows up to church every now and then. Every now and then. That makes you somebody who will contribute to the mission. But that does not make you a person on mission, outgoing into the mission field. At all. And see, that's where you have to get back into this. And Paul's prayer is going, I want want you to have the same power that I do, to be willing to go out and be bold, and be bold in your faith, and be bold in how you love people, and be bold in what God has called you to do. Stop being cowards. Stop being cowards. Because that's where we've gotten to. We've gotten to this point of going, I'm going to be a coward. I would rather hide my faith and hide what's happening to uh, in my church in my community in the people I love and I will be a coward and not share with people and not hold that the position that God has made me into as an ambassador for him I will not hold it in the esteem that it is you know I I I have two things that I'll share and then I'm going to close out in prayer but number one we are called to be ambassadors for Christ do you know that people beg they, they jockey to become ambassadors for the United States. They, they do all they can to be an ambassador. It's not because of the money. Because I'll, I'll tell you now, the guy, I, so I don't know if you, um, I can't remember the name of the movie off the top of my head now. There was an ambassador. He was in the Middle East. And it's based off of a true story. He's waiting to, he, they're, they're, they're literally attacking the embassy at this point. They're attacking the embassy, and he's going, hey, everybody else has to get out of here first. I'm I'm the last one that's going to leave. And he's all, before I leave, we're going to go get the United States flag off the top of this building. He's all, it doesn't matter to have bullet holes, it doesn't matter what's inside of it, we're going to go get the flag off the top of this building. They will not capture our flag. And so he gets up there, and he takes a bullet, and the people around him take a bullet, but it's the type of sacrifice that he did. We're not that way with Jesus. We've been sent out as ambassadors, and we go... We're gonna go out into the community We're gonna go out and do the work that he's asked us to do We're gonna go out and do these things. That's what we say And then we actually walk out of the door and we go You can just take the flag from me You can capture me you can do whatever and i'll just do whatever you ask me to do and That's just how it's gotten to you know, the same thing in the middle east You guys remember these this is years ago. I haven't seen one recently I also am not out on the mission for it. So please don't send me any of you've seen one recently but They would take and they would line up christians You know, and they would line up and you would have ten Christians lined up and they would tell the first one Renounce your faith and convert back to Muslim you infidel And when they said no, they would just behead them right there. And so I'll ask you this question Is it the guy that's the first guy that has the most faith or is it the guy that's the last guy? That's number 10 Because number 10 is just watched up nine other people had their heads lopped off, right? So, you know, they're not playing around It's not one of these things like haha and if he is the one that gets to this point where they do the same thing, because he could have at that point without judgment, right? And be like, hmm, oh, they're dead. Ah. See, the problem is most of us, we're the first guy. Because when they go, tell me your faith. And you go, hmm, I kind of am a Christian, but what are you? Oh, you're a Muslim? We've got some things in common. Oh, you're a Hindu? we got some things in common. Oh, you're this? We've got some things in common. You know, like, and that's where our mindsets are. Instead of going, I have to stand true and I have to stand in the faith and I have to have one true worship and one, two, one true message and one true God. That's where we have to be at. And too often we are wavering. And see, that's the reason why Scripture talks about having us be the, as this, this thing that is just going to be blown over with the slightest wind. Because that's where we're at. That's where most of us are. We just get blown off the track because of the slightest wind, And then all of a sudden we're going what do I got to do? How do I get back on the track? What do I, how, do I, how do I do what God has asked me to do? Because we're certainly not number 10 in line for being beheaded And we're certainly not the guy that's going out there And we're not leaving until we get the flag So as ambassadors for Christ We have to realize that one We will be under attack The choice of how do we respond We can respond with power we can respond knowing that we're going to face sacrifice, knowing that we're going to face hardships, knowing that we're going to face all of these things that are going to come up, but we make the choice of how we respond. That's how we have to step into it. That's how we have to do life, and that's how we move forward. Next week, obviously, we're going to talk about a little more pleasant of a subject. We're going to talk about how do we love, right? Isn't that, you know, and we're going to talk about our marriages, and we're going to talk about those things as we go into Ephesians 4. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for this message. Thank you for all of those that, uh, that are here, that are hearing this message, it's those that, are on, that have watched through online, those that have experienced just this time with us. Father, we ask that you just pour this, 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 in, this amount of wisdom on each one of us so that we, we know where you have called us, where you have called us to be at, where where have we placed ourselves because we were chasing after money or if we were chasing after these things, but recognize where you have called us to be because you have asked us to be your servant. And sometimes being your servant has placed us in positions that we don't like to be. And so, Father, we ask that we honor you and that we are the best servants that we can be in these different positions, whether that's at our jobs, whether that's at at, at our groups that we go to, gatherings we go to, the places that we gather with others, we go there to do and to do the work that you've asked us to do and love the way that you've asked us to love. Father, we ask that as we move forward today, that you continue to just bless each person we come into contact with because you just kind of pour off of us as we splash into people, as we bump into people, that we are, that we are so filled with the Spirit that it just oozes off of us and it just splashes onto people and they get to know who you are just because there are encounters with us. Father, help us be your ambassadors. Help us to think about the words that we say, the actions that we do, the how we love, how we communicate with people, how, how, how we are in our anger. Is it a righteous anger or are we just getting mad because we're frustrated? Help us recognize those things so that we can love the way that you love. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all of those that are, that are watching online, that that, that whether they're sick, they're hurting, they're, they're just trying to get rest, thank you for those that are there, and thank you for those that are in here that have, that have made this choice to come and, and, and to, to assemble and not forsake the assembly of those as some have done. Father, thank you, and it's in your Son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.